I want to thank you for coming this morning and being a part of uh, Outward Church. Um, I uh, neglected to tell the PowerPoint guys that I actually have some slides for them, and they're in the Dropbox folder, so there you go. All right, uh, I knew I was forgetting something, so this morning is a, uh, a special Sunday for us. We're about mid-year. We did a little vision casting deal at the beginning of the year and just talked about what is it that God's calling us to, uh, what's, what's that look like. We rolled out our, our uh, new logo and slick marketing uh, stuff uh, for, for that. Um, but really what we're dependent on is not on logos or things like that, but we are dependent on Jesus, what he's doing uh, in our lives and in our church uh, together. And I just want to, this is what I want to say this morning. Wow. Wow. Like, God is doing some amazing things in our midst. And I'm so excited about that because here we are, we're about nine years in, and uh, almost 10 years, next, next August I think will be 10 years, um, but I'm, I'm seeing God doing some things that we've been waiting for, that we've been hoping for, and we're just excited that he is doing in our midst. And you are a part of that. And part of what I want to do this morning is, is hopefully to impassion you for uh, the rest of the year. Um, we'll probably do another one of these at the beginning of the fall. But in and through the summer to don't give up, don't give in, don't let up in, in what God is doing in your life and in our city together, but to stay with it. And so uh, I wanted to talk to you about that this morning and, and give you some, some info on and what you can be a part of. Just real quick, baptisms uh, are uh, going to be happening again on July 24th. You can sign up online at outwardchurch.com forward slash events. Um, there's a class after service on July 17th. And I'm going to tell you more about this in, in a minute, but uh, Feed the Need is coming up on July 10th. And um, we have some incredible posters um, that have been uh, printed off for us. Uh, some of these, and then there's some uh, really big ones. I believe they're about 11 by 17 or maybe even larger than that. Um, but we have these right at the Connect Central uh, bar, whatever, whatever you want to call it, out there. And so we'd love for you to grab one of these on your way out and take them with you to wherever you go to lunch. Even if it's just at home, perhaps put it on the refrigerator um, or ask the restaurant to put it on their refrigerator. At least the cooks will see it and, and we'll have lots of people here. But Feed the Need is an event that we are um, uh, having together with some food trucks from Salem. Uh, Gilgamesh, uh, the brewery, is going to be there. Um, that's a huge thing. It's awesome that they're, that they're coming. Uh, many different food tr trucks, as I said. There's going to be an artist here. I can't, can't remember her name, but she's fantastic, I hear. And uh, so she'll be here uh, performing uh, her music. And it's going to be all out here, Cascade Door, uh, which is right next door to us here. Uh, they're sponsoring the event, the event, um, uh, Adam's Ribs is, is a part of this as well. And so we're excited um, to, to be putting this event together. All of the proceeds and tips for the food trucks and donations that come in will go towards uh, Richmond Elementary and supporting other local elementary schools in uh, their food programs and things of that nature if there are additional funds available. And so I just wanted to give you those uh, couple of notes right there. Um, this morning, if you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4... I wanted to highlight Ephesians chapter 4. It's been a little while since I've come back to this, um, this 
passage, and uh, part of the reason is, is we, 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 we constantly uh, went through Ephesians chapter 4, and we should still come back to it, obviously, in a regular Bible reading and things of that nature, but as a church together, I want to tell you why this, why this passage in particular is important to me. When I was a, 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 a dumb um, 21-year-old, um, uh, not all 21-year-olds are dumb, but I was dumb as a 21-year-old, and I, I began to kind of read uh, the, the book of Ephesians in a new way, and, and really, if, if I'm honest, to really begin to read my Bible uh, for the first time, and to, to really kind of understand it in a way that I had never really understood it before. And I, I was reading through Ephesians, and was just like becoming impassioned by, by what the words were saying to me. And then when I got to Ephesians chapter 4, what I saw was something uh, amazing that was, that was like, man, here I am. I'm a, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of passionate. I, I love things that are like, man, let's, let's get this thing done. Let's do this. Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited about, about this. And I read Ephesians 4, and, I, and it resonates the heart that I have for life and I see it in the heart of God when I'm reading this, and it's just kind of unfolding inside of me. And I'm just, and and I think what I walked away with in that reading was, man, other people have to know about this. Other people have to know about this. And really, what I want to do is I want to back up just a little bit to Ephesians chapter three. There's going to be a good amount of scripture this morning, and so what what I want to show you here is Ephesians chapter three, verse fourteen. Where the Apostle Paul says, says something, it's one, of the, it's one of the greatest prayers in the scriptures by someone other than Jesus. And what he says, he, he says this, the Apostle Paul says this, and he's praying for the church in Ephesus. And I, and I want you to take it as a prayer for you, church. I want you to take it as a prayer. And the, the prayer is this, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And what I've said before, and I'll say it again, is this, is that what, what, what the Apostle Paul has said in, in chapter 1, verse 13, I believe, of Ephesians, is he says, having believed, you are marked in him with the promised Holy Spirit. And what he means by this is, is this, is that when you be, become a believer in Jesus Christ, when you become somebody who is not just an attender, when you become somebody who says, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ, I'm hoping in him as my only source of salvation, when I'm hoping in him, he says, you have the Holy Spirit. But then Paul comes back around to the Holy Spirit and he says, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So he's saying, you have the Holy Spirit, but I want you to have this power, this resonance from God that comes through his spirit, that's awakening you, and it's just, it's drawing you into relationship with him. And he says, in your hearts through faith, that you, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There is this dwelling that comes from God through the power of his spirit that is above and beyond you just having said, okay, I want to be a Christian. I'll do this Christian thing. There's something more for you. 
There's something more for your life. There's something more for your heart than maybe what you've ever realized. There's something more beyond just a church attendance or even just giving or even just serving. There's something more that God wants to give you and that it's Christ would not only just kind of be there with you, but that he would dwell in your heart through faith. And in part, this is kind of mysterious because it's like, is this like a second phase? And I don't believe in that, but I, I believe in this, that this is wholehearted Christianity. This, is, this really is more than just wholehearted Christianity. This is wholehearted life, that Christ is at the very root and at the core of your life, and that your heart is just pumping with, with him, that, that he may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and, gr and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And what, he, what he's saying there is he's saying, I don't just want you to have a little bit of Jesus and a lot of you. I want you to have this full breadth and width and height and all of this stuff. And I want you to have Jesus on a level that you've never imagined it. Now, I just want you to, to take your idea of Christianity and your faith, and I, and I want you to process that for a second and just say, okay, what does this look like for me to be somebody who says that I'm a believer? What's it really look like? What's it sound like? And does that express where you're at? Let me go another direction here. For those of you that are here and that you're not sure if you want to be a believer, or you'd say, I don't think I am and I don't think I want to be, let me tell you what the problem is. Oftentimes, You've been turned off by somebody who is a Christian in name only. They're not somebody who has been operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and it's been taking over their life. And it, it has caused them to know God in a way that's incredible. And that's why you've seen things in their, in their life where you just say, this is such hypocrisy and there's such a whatever fill in the blank. Is because oftentimes so many of us are walking around without this new understanding, this understanding of Jesus fully operating in our life through the power of his spirit. And then he says in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Guys, do you understand this? That the number one thing that you need in life is not to know the love of your boss, giving his approval over your work, through a raise or even just a comment. It's not the love of a parent. The, the greatest thing that you need is not the love of your spouse or of a future spouse or of uh, your children. The greatest love that you need is the love of Christ. But you, you know what the crazy thing is? Is that you already have it. And he has shown this through going to the cross. He has shown this by going to the cross because of this. Because while you were still sinning, he was dying for you. God sees life concurrently. He knows what you're going to do, what you're doing right now. And when he's on his cross, he can see you and he's watching you. He understands you. He understands where your life is. And so while you were sinning against him, he was dying for you. 
And so Paul, is, is, he's, he's talking about what I believe is the deepest passion that a believer can have. This is somebody who truly knows and follows Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine, the NIV says, or think, it says right here, According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, he just put a period on the end of that prayer. And the reason why I wanted to read that is because just right now I was like, I, wait, I can't go to this until I give you context. Here's the context. This great passion of God that can come to you, that can be beyond what you, perhaps what you're experiencing today. What flows out of that? What flows out of a life that's been impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ? A life that's been impacted is one that can come to chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, the Apostle Paul is saying, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, he's in prison, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And I gotta tell you, like I read this, and I was like, dang, man, that just it kind of excites something in me. It's, it's a little bit you know, masculine, I know, ladies, I'm not sure you're, you're feeling this with me, but for a man, I'm, I'm just going, man, walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling that you've received. And, and so the question is, is like if you're not walking in a manner that's worthy of the calling that you've received, then have you really understood the calling? Have you really understood what God has called you to? Has your life been like encapsulated and, and brought into this surpassing knowledge of God that you can't even know and the depth of his love and how much he loves you? I remember talking to this this uh, older gentleman, my wife and I got, got the chance to stay with, uh, with him and his wife. And we were sitting, they get up at some ungodly hour in the morning. They listen to sermons together. And we, we thought it was the coolest thing. So we got up with them and sat out on this uh, patio and we were just hanging out. And I remember him saying to me that one of the things that he began to ask God for after a life of mediocrity after a life of really not walking with God, but he began to ask God that he would just feel the love of God, that he would just feel, and that was his prayer. I just want to sense the love of God. And here he is, this godly man now, and he's leading his wife well, and they love each other so well, and he's involved in ministry. He's just a fantastic guy. And I just see this, that here is a life that is lived well because he knows the love of God. So he's living a life that's worthy of the calling that he's received, and it's because he knows the love of God, but you can't do that unless you know the love of God. So why is this important? Because any type of vision casting... Any type of, hey, we need this to happen, will always be laced with guilt for you because you'll say, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm not filling the blank. I'm not serving the way that I should. I'm not whatever. And, and I just want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. That he, here's, here's the thing, that the love of God 
is the greatest thing in the entire world, and it is the thing that draws us to serve him. And until you get to a point where you say, the guilt that I'm feeling right now for having not been involved in something or have shared Christ the way that I wanted to or given the way that I feel like I should or something like that, all of those things were paid for on the cross. Jesus does not hold them against me. I am guilt-free and shame-free because of what Jesus has done for me. I'm guilt-free and I'm shame-free because he went to the cross in my place. This is the good news. So the only way to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received is to understand what he's done for you. And so if you understand what he's done for you, look at what he's going to say in verse 2. He says, worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. Isolated Christianity is weak sauce Christianity. Isolated Christianity many times is not Christianity, it's religion. Isolated Christianity by yourself, just me and Jesus, it's just us doing our thing, is not real. Because the love that comes calls us to live a life that's worthy of the calling that we've received, and that calling exactly connects to Living with one another. What's it say here? He says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And then he says in verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's this unity that's going to take place among us. And I want to tell you, Outward Church, we've never seen it so great. I want to tell you... I. The, the love that is flowing through this place. I mean, I, I just, you know, I am so excited about what's going on. We could sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya, and it would be fantastic. And I mean, I am so excited about the love that I sense from the people in this church and how we love each other and people from different backgrounds and the way that we're caring for people when they, when they have struggles or when there's sin or when there's someone who's, who's hurt in the family, I've never sensed such great love. It's begun, I believe, with our elders, and it's flowed out into the rest of our church, and God is doing this. God is doing this in our midst. And so there is this gentleness, there is this uh, patience, and this idea of bearing with one another. And we are eager to maintain this unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And then he goes on to say, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. I, I want to stop right there for a second and just say, this unity j doesn't just pertain to our church. All believers who believe this, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, one God and Father uh, of all who's over all and through all and in all. This extends to our extended family of churches, which really are one church in our city. And so what this means is this, is that there's other churches in our city that we may not see eye to eye with on every detail. Who 
ever do we see eye to eye with all of the time. But there are other churches in our city that agree with the things that we agree with, and we love them. And I pray with many of these pastors oftentimes in our city. And I was just sitting down with Steve Dan Guerin from Salem Alliance, who used to be a part of our executive elder team, and he would advise us. And I was talking about this prayer group that he created with all of these pastors, and I was just saying how incredible it is that I can say, like, I know that pastor across town, and I know what you're saying about him, and I know that that's what you, what you heard, but until I hear it from his lips, I don't believe it. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I love him, I know him, I believe that he knows and loves Jesus as well. This unity extends beyond us just here, and it extends to other churches in our city, and so we have a fantastic connection with all of these folks and so then he goes into verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to summarize verse 8, uh, eight through 10. And it, it's essentially going to say this. It's going to say this, that he who ascended also descended. It's talking about Jesus. And when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit brings gifts to us. It's a little bit confusing. That's why I'm not going to read that part this moment because we are limited on time. But, but he's talking about gifting, and each one of us has been given a gift. In verse 11, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, uh, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it bids, builds itself up in love. Let me tell you what that's saying right there. We've been given gifts so that we would operate together, so that we would grow together as God's people, so that then we would experience this fullness of Christ as Christ's body. And so as a result, there would just be this amazing sense of how everyone working together properly and growth beginning to take place. And I want to tell you that I see God doing this in our midst in a way that I don't think I've ever seen him do that. I'm so incredibly excited about what God has been doing in you and in, in, in our local church here. And I want to share some of this with you. How are we doing uh, with this stuff that we've been talking about. Well, the first thing I, I want to talk to you about is uh, Outward Salem. And we have a, a, a slide that's just talking about, when we talk about Outward Salem, we're talking about our city, like what's been taking place. Well, we told you that we wanted to see our church become a church that is living outward in so many different ways, but we especially want to key into what's going on at Richmond Elementary. And so what's been happening at Richmond Elementary is that we have had a soccer club, which is called Grasp Soccer Club, and that went through, uh, I, I believe, since January until just recently. 
And it was an amazing thing. In fact, I think we have two notes from a couple of kids that, uh, that were there. And one of them says this, Dear coaches, thank you for teaching me how to be nice to others and believe uh, I can do my best and make a goal. Uh, stuff I really want to thank you for. Also cheering me up when I was down. Thank you for coaching me. Love, Carla. To the coaches, heart. That's nice. That's nice. Well, there's another one here, and I'm hoping I can read this. Dear coaches, thank you for being the best coaches. I learned how to be a, a, a good teammate and work with a team uh, like, like teamwork, and you guys are the best. I love you guys, and thank you for teaching uh, me how to be a better soccer player from Darna. Can't read it. Um, two soccer coaches, best coaches in the world. Listen, those are just two examples of what of these kids responding to what took place at this Grasp soccer program, which happens uh, weekly, and we have volunteers that have been there being a part of it. We need more. We've had mentoring that's been taking place at uh, at Richmond Elementary. But we've had few mentors for that. We're still working on trying to figure out how to best get mentors there. So if you're somebody who says, I'd like to sacrifice some time or I can, I, I have that available to me, there are ways that you can do that. We've had backpack buddies. We began with 75 kids that we were feeding. We increased to 90 and then to 150 by the end of the school year. Um, we've also uh, had people in our church that have just risen up and said, I can do this. So we have a fireman in our uh, church who said, I'd like to take a fire truck over there once a week. And they took a fire truck and the fire guys over there and hung out with kids from Richmond on a regular basis for the remainder of the school year. These are really awesome things that God is doing in and through you. Uh, later on this summer, our plan and our hope is to have a sports camp. There will be more information that's coming from that. But we're going to be uh, in that neighborhood again teaching these kids Feed the Need, as I said, is going to be an incredible example of a way that we can bless our city and enjoy good food and invite uh, people into our midst that don't know Jesus and say, listen, we're here for our city, whether you believe like we do or not. This is incredible stuff. At our church, what we've seen in the, the main gathering one of the main things that we've seen is that we've had an increase in the number of people that have been coming to our church. Uh, during our growth season here, during the first quarter of the year, we saw between 50 and 100 more people uh, this year over last year. Uh, it averages to be about 35 people a, a week more, but that's a 24% increase in the number of people that have been coming here. But why is that taking place? Well, it's because of this, because record numbers of people are finding and visiting our church. One of the ways is through this. We created a video, uh, and that video has had 31,000 hits on it. And people have seen that video and have seen what's going on at Outward Church, and they said, I want to come try that out. Some of you have come because of that video, and that's been an amazing thing. Uh, we've uh, clarified our purpose and, and our vision for our city to say, okay, we want to be about our city. We want to be about these people. We want to be about uh, what's going on in their lives and in their hearts. And so that's what's been taking place. And many of you have seen that vision. Many of you have taken part in that. 
We've seen a record number of people getting connected through our Connect Central out there and through uh, Katie Franken, our volunteer coordinator. There she is. She has done an amazing job. And she told us recently in a meeting, she said, I, I don't really feel like I'm you know, making any progress. But then just the other day, I went uh, into our uh, kind of database and I, and I thought, how many more people have we brought on as volunteers in our church since she started. So since January, from January 1, or about that time till now, we've brought in 34 new volunteers. So that is many of you guys who have stepped up since that time. And I want to tell you, thank you so much for serving, but I also want to say that we have an incredible deal going on here with Connect Central and how they are helping people get plugged into the church and helping them understand this. Another thing that's been fantastic is our outward women have been meeting at outward tables in different homes, connecting with other women. That's been a fantastic thing. We've had about 60 women at each one of those events at different homes. And then uh, thirdly, I should say, uh, outward generosity. Let me tell you what's been going on when it comes to generosity and giving. When it comes to uh, the, the money, the finances at Outward Church, we're giving more money to church planting. We've just given about $1,500 to Aaron Nabriha, who spoke here uh, several weeks ago, um, and to his church plant. We also gave uh, another $1,500 one-time gift to, to Rick Reeves, who's planting Gospel Community Church down in Eugene. If you end up down there, he's a great guy. Um, we're also going to begin uh, supporting Aaron Nabriha uh, every month, $500 per month. But we've given more money towards Richmond Elementary, um, Another way that we've, uh, that we've uh, done well with the finances is that we had some things, and long story short, they were uh, uh, tools that we used that were costing us money, and we finally just came to a place and just said, why do we need this? This is not helping us. One of those things was the city. If you've been here long enough, you know that we had that and never used it. And so um, that's part of the reason why we got rid of it. And so we, we're saving some money through these various things. But here's the thing. We had a 19% increase in giving last year, and that was incredible. This year, our giving is the same. It's kind of flatline. That's okay because we're not going down. So staying steady is good, uh, but here, here's where we want to see it go. We want to see this increase. Now, what does this look like to you? What does this look like to you? This means this, that if, if you're somebody who's new to Outward and, and, and this really isn't your church home or you're, you're just not really sure where you're at with things, we just want you to just come and receive from us. But if you're somebody who's a believer in Jesus Christ, you come and receive at Outward Church, I want to encourage you to begin giving if you haven't. And, and, and secondly, here's another piece of this. Uh, during the summer, if you're like me, last summer, uh, we went on a road trip, and I thought we were going to spend X number of dollars. And we went on a road trip, and you know you're out with friends, and, 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 uh, and you go, you know what, we'll get the bill. You do that a couple of times, and pretty soon by the end of it, we doubled what we thought we were going to spend. And so if you're like me, you overspend during the summer. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to do what we have to do, which is we have to budget during the summer even for our giving. And so what this looks like for us is that when I got back from my trip last summer, I realized uh, I had forgotten to give for one month to the church, and then I was at least halfway through the next month. And so I had a big chunk that was like, I had not given this much money. And I was like, and I've already overspent for this. I'll tell you what we did. 
we said, we're going to give anyway, and we did, and it hurt because that ended up coming out of savings, right? What I'm doing now is I automated our gift so that it comes out right at the beginning of the month. That way, it's gone from the very beginning. Here's why I'm asking you to do that if you're a part of Outward Church. It's going to help us continue to operate through the summer and plan for the fall. When we hit the fall in, in September, we've got to hit the ground running. But many times, last year wasn't as bad. That's for sure. But uh, when we hit September, if things are way behind, it's hard to get going. And so if you can help us with that, that'd be fantastic. If you can't, I want you to feel no guilt and no shame, and I want you to just work on your relationship with God and work towards that day when you're able to give more. Finally, uh, uh, just uh, three more things. Outward groups are going better than ever. We've doubled the number of groups from a year ago. We have 10 groups right now. Uh, Matt Baldwin, one of our elders, is doing a fantastic job. Outward Students is going fantastically. They've had four to five events. This is a junior high group. Uh, Colin Box and uh, Brian Bradley, one of our elders, are uh, leading that together. Our hope is that in the fall we'll begin a full-time junior high group and this, that this back area will be finished. We've raised about $3,500 so far for that. If you can help with that even further, that would be fantastic. We're still getting a couple of bids in to find out exactly how much that is going to cost and how much we're trying to decide how much of that work we're going to do in-house. And so if you can help with that, that would be fantastic. Um, we have a, a clear uh, line item of things that need to happen. And then lastly is this, Outward Kids. Outward Kids is growing, and it, it, it's multiplying. It increases all of the time. That is in large uh, part due to, to two things. One of them is uh, we are young families and um, understand the birds and the bees quite well. And so many children are, are being uh, created. Um, but in addition to that, we have people who are bringing their children. And so we want to continue to make space for them. And so our hope and our prayer is, is that uh, as we begin the fall or sometime over the next year or so, whenever the Lord leads us, that we'd come to a place where we could have two services. It would create more space back there. But right now, what we love is this gathering when all of us can be together. And so at some point, we'll go to two services. But you can help us in the meantime by serving uh, periodically back in Outward Kids I want to wrap up with just saying this, that you guys are exemplifying what God is, uh, what God would have us exemplify. You're glorifying God uh, with your lives, with your finances. Uh, there's so many of you who are serving. There's so many of you who have understood it and who have gotten it. And I am so excited about how God is using you. And I want to encourage you with this, to keep that up through the summer and into the fall so that we can see God continue to do amazing things and to ask him to do that, to ask him to work in our city. So I'm asking you guys in your community groups, if uh, the next time you meet, if you guys would spend a significant time in prayer, just praying over the church, praying over each one of these areas, over outward groups, over our kids, over our students, over the finances, over all of these things that God would allow us to love Jesus and live outward in our city and affect our city in, in a fantastic way. So thank you so much for, for listening, and let, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you 
that you are doing such amazing things in our city. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to use us in powerful ways in our city to, um, to bring people to know you. And so, Lord, we're, we're asking for more. We're saying that we can't do this without you. This is not a result of us. This is a result of you and your power in our city. And so, Lord, we're, we're thanking you for that. We're thanking you uh, that you're, you're using us. And so, Lord, as we uh, come to your table this morning, Lord, may we just, um, just relive the gospel in a sense. Lord, to thank you uh, for forgiving us of our sin. Lord, to confess sin to you and to continue to ask you for your forgiveness, recognizing what you've done for us on the cross. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.